Thank you for joining our Transform 365 podcast, a discipleship and teaching ministry of SWCC. We pray this teaching helps you to grow in your journey with Christ. We have some great resources available for you on transform365.com webpage. Feel free to download discipleship materials, small group teaching, as well as peruse our training workshops. Also take time to visit www.swcc.org for videos, teaching, and more. We thank you for listening and your support, and we would love to hear from you. So use our contact page and drop us a line. Now, for our podcast teaching. All right, open your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. And we're going to read verses 35 through 41. But before we read 35 through 41, the Apostle Paul lets us know that one of the qualifications for an overseer or a pastor or an elder is that he must be hospitable. This person must be one who is in contact with people. He must, spend in, he must spend his time with people. Always greeting people, praying with people. In other words, this person that is called to be an overseer, a pastor, an elder, he needs to be a people person. He's not one of those guys that just, that just sits in his office. You never, never see his face. He's not, you know, he's always behind the scenes. That's not what a pastor should be. The pastor and overseer should be one of those men that he's out and about observing how his people are doing. In other words, how his congregation is doing, how his flock is doing. So when I'm out and about just talking to people, either it's during school or here with the congregation, the majority of the conversations Sound pretty, sound pretty um, similar. And the conversation, they go, or they, they speak about storms, troubles, trials and tribulations, hardships, tough times, that the person that I'm speaking to is going through. So in this context that we're going to be talking about this morning, the storms are troubles, hardships, trials and tribulations, tough times that we all go through, right? How many here have ever been through a storm or going through a storm or in a storm? We all face the storms of life. And that's the reason why the title of this message is called Facing the storms of life. About 12 years ago, we faced a storm. And when I say we, my wife and I, we received bad news when my wife was pregnant. And the news from the doctor was that our daughter was going to be born with spina bifida. And um, I didn't know what spina bifida was or is. I don't know if my wife knew what it was or is. But, you know, we researched it. We listened to the doctors. And 
it was just bad news, just researching. The doctors would tell us these, how our daughter might be born. They were even telling us that if we would like to abort the baby. And obviously we said no. So we prayed. And I remember we prayed with our pastors where we used to attend a church, another church before we came here. And usually a person with spinal bifida is born with a hole on their spine. If you don't know what spinal bifida is, I'm going to give you some, um, just what, some details of what spinal bifida is. Spinal bifida is usually a child is born with a hole on their spine. And it affects a lot of things, especially the nerves of the child. So there was a possibility that our daughter would be born paralyzed from her waist down. I'm writing this down because I don't want to miss any of the details, but this is how, this is how I remembered it. So depending on the severity of the hole on her spine would determine if she will be able to walk. So just hearing that or reading about spina bifida just made us very, very, what would we say? Nervous, anxious, just expecting the worst. So we had no idea, but we prayed. So when Victoria was born, my intention was just to look at her, at the, her legs. And when she was born, her legs were moving. And I was praising God for that. Melina had no idea what was going on. She was, you know, lying there in the bed. So when Victoria was born, um, she was rushed to the hospital, Mammy's Children's Hospital, to repair the hole on her back. And I remember to this day that there was a nurse who was there at the hospital who consoled me and gave me words of encouragement to hang on. And I'm not sure if she's here, here to, this morning, Christy Palmer, is she here? Christy? No? Well, she, she attends our church here, and she was one of the nurses that was there to just hug me and tell me that everything was going to be all right. And I just want to say thank you to her. So after a couple surgeries, therapy, and just learning how to live with a a child with spina bifida was very taxing. But I praise God this morning because if you look at her now, she's sitting right there. Her name is Victoria. Some people, some people say, I didn't know she has, she has spina bifida, but look at her now. She walks. She's um, a normal person. So I praise the Lord for, for Victoria. Storms can be illustrated in many ways, in different ways. 
How about an athlete or a sports team that just won the championship? And I love listening to the post-game interviews because they ask the athlete or they ask the team, how did you get through this season? What did it take to win the championship? And the majority of these athletes, these sports teams always say, we had to face storms throughout the season. It all started in preseason. All the training, all the weightlifting, studying the book, the playbook, the ups and downs of the season. You know, teammates getting hurt. And they always say that these were the storms that our team needed to get through in order to get to the top. In order to win the championship. How about a single mom? A single mom is already going through her storm because she's single. She's trying to make ends meet. You know, she's working two jobs. I remember my mom worked two jobs when uh, my parents divorced. And she always was focused on trying to make ends meet, making sure her two sons were okay. You know, the statistics tells us when a, a child is born without the father or mother, there's a, there's a good uh, chance that that, per, that child might be, might get into some trouble. So, how about the single mom that receives the phone call from the school? Come pick up your son or your daughter. They're misbehaving. They're getting suspended for doing this and doing that. And the mom is just there. She can't bear it anymore. She's caught in this storm of being a single mom. Or how about Job in the Old Testament? We all know the story of Job. The Bible says that Job was a blameless man. But God allowed storms to come into his life. The enemy, the devil, Satan, killed his children, Job's children. Destroyed his finances. Job was a man that had cattle. The Bible says that he was a, a man with wealth. And then his health got bad. He lost his health. And then his wife, if you know the story of of, this, of what happened to Job. His wife. What did his wife tell Job? She said, are you still holding on to your integrity? She told Job, curse God and die. And we know what Job said to her, right? You speak as a foolish woman speaks. Should we accept only good from God and not adversity? Job told that to his wife. So, if we go to Mark chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 35 to 41, we're going to see the disciples in a boat with Jesus. And they have to go through this storm in order, in order to get to the other side. So read along with me in Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41. 
But before we read, I just want to mention that the storms of life can come in many ways, like we just talked about. And there are many lessons to learn in the middle of your storm. So let's read Mark 4, 35 to 31. On that day when evening had come, he told them, Jesus told them, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. So they left the crowd and took him along since he was in the boat. And other boats were with him. And in verse 37 it says, A great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. He was in the stern, speaking of Jesus, Look what Jesus was doing. He was sleeping on the cushion. So they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? Don't we sometimes as believers, when we're going through our storm, we ask God, where are you, Lord? I can't feel you. It seems like you're not even with me when I'm going through these hard troubles. Don't you care about me, God? I'm going through this storm. Don't you care that I'm going to die? And in verse 39, it says, Jesus got up. He rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Silence, be still. The wind ceased and there was a great calm. Then he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And in verse 41, and they were terrified, the disciples, and asked one another, who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. In the Jewish tradition, the one who ruled the winds and the sea was God himself. We see that in Psalms 107, verse 29. It says, he stilled the storm. Who's he? God stilled the storm to a whisper. And the waves of the sea hushed. We also see in the book of Jonah, if you read Jonah, that Jonah, while on the boat, they threw him into the sea. And what happened to the storm, the waves, they calmed down. And then it says that the, the guys who threw Jonah into the water, they all started worshiping the Lord. And they were in fear of the Lord. So the disciples didn't really know who was in the boat with them. This morning, I want to go through five points, quick points, that are going to help us when we're going through these storms. We're going to, get, we're going to gain confidence, we're going to be encouraged, and we're going to trust in Him that He will get us through this storm. So point number one 
Jesus promises to bring you through your storm. If you go back to verse 35, it says, On that day when evening had come, he told them, Let's cross over to the other side of the sea. If we go back to the start of chapter 4, Jesus is teaching his disciples through parables. He's teaching them through the parables of the sower, the growing seed, and the mustard seed. But in verse 35, he's going to teach his disciples through a storm. Just before the storm, he gave his disciples a promise. And what was the promise, you might ask? Let's go over to the other side. Jesus is telling his disciples. Whether his disciples heard it or not, he gave them a promise that they were going to get to the other side. And when Jesus promises you something, my brothers and sisters, you can bank on it. Let us go over to the other side. How many here want to get over to the other side? Raise your hand if you want to get over to the other side. But you have to go through your storm. One of the mistakes as believers, as Christians, is that we ask God to take away the storm, Lord. How do you know if God wants you to go through that storm? Like I said earlier, there are lessons to be learned when we go through these tough times, these storms that we're talking about. Some of you here this morning are going through a storm. Some of you raised your hand when I asked if you've ever been in a storm or going through a storm. Some of you are battling health issues. Some of you probably have enemies at work, family issues, marriage issues. These are considered storms in your life. Or how about the storm of fear or the, stir, or the storm of discouragement? There are promises in God's word. That's why it's important to be in God's word. That will help us to get through these storms. For example, in Psalms 23.4, it says, Even though I go through the darkest valley, I know other translations say, even though I walk through the, through the shadow of the, the valley, how does it go? Through the shadow of the valley of death, I fear no danger. And listen, this is, and this, this is the, the part of the verse that I love. It says, For you are with me. God is with you through your storm. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. How about Deuteronomy 31.8? The Lord is the one who will go before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or abandon you. Isaiah 54.17 No weapon formed against me shall or succeed. And you will refute any accusation raised against you in court. This is the heritage of the Lord's servants. And their vindication is from me. This is the Lord's declaration. And Philippians 4.13, I'm able to do all things through him who strengthens me. So our first point is that Jesus promises to bring you through your storm. He says, let's go over to the other side. He's promising you that. Point number two, 
Jesus does not promise to prevent your storm. Jesus does not promise to prevent your storm. Like I said earlier, sometimes we pray to God to take away the storm, but I believe the majority of times God wants us to go through our storms so we can learn something. And then we can teach someone else that's going through maybe the same storm that you went through. Read verse 36 and 37 of Mark. So they left the crowd and took him along since he was in the boat. And other boats were with him. And in verse 37, a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking over the boat so that the boat was, our, was already being swamped. The disciples that were with Christ in this boat were seasoned fishermen. They knew how to fish. This was not their first trip out into the sea. They knew the sea inside out. But they were petrified. They were scared to death. They were in a real storm. This makes me think about Daniel. Daniel the prophet. One of the greatest prayer warriors in the Bible. He prayed three times a day for over 60 years. And look what happened to Daniel after, or because he prayed, they arrested him for praying. They made it illegal to pray in those days, but Daniel prayed anyways. Daniel opened his window and prayed toward Jerusalem three times a day. And they arrested him and threw him in the lion's den. And we all know what happened in the lion's den, right? We all know the story that God protected Daniel in the lion's den. God did not prevent Daniel from going into the lion's den. He protected him in the lion's den. And some of you here this morning can say, I am in the lion's den right now. Daniel, we can learn valuable lessons in the lion's den, in the middle of our storm. The Bible says that Daniel was a righteous and godly man, but God allowed Daniel to go through the storm. So be careful with people that say to you that if you are a believer, if you're a Christian, you will never go through a storm. That's a lie. We all go through storms. Jesus said in John 15, 20, if they persecute me, they will persecute you. Acts 14, 22, strengthening the disciples by encouraging them to continue in the faith and by telling them, here it is, it is necessary to go through many hardships. It is necessary for you, for me to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And I love 2 Timothy 3.12. In fact, all who want to live godly, or who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, will be persecuted. All who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. You know, on Wednesdays here at the church, we have ministry night. And there's some nights that I don't want to come because I'm tired. And many of you, who, who serves here on Wednesday? Raise your hand. 
Isn't there times that you're like, you're so tired and you're in traffic and you don't want to come and you want to, you just want to rest, right? Who's laughing? Empty. <laughs> when you serve the Lord, the enemy's there to always dis- to discourage you, right? He's always there to tell you, "Don't go Wednesday. You can sleep. There's that the, the the game is on tonight on Wednesday. Don't come. Make an excuse. You're sick or something, and just stay home." All who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. All who want to serve the Lord will be persecuted. No doubt about it. Hebrews chapter 11 is considered the great hall of faith. The author of Hebrews lets us know how great these Old Testament saints lived by faith. So turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. and We're going to take a look on these great Old Testament saints and what they went through. So in Hebrews 11, chap, uh, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 to 37. And what more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength and weakness, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Other people were tortured, not accepting release, so that they may gain a better resurrection. Others experienced mockings and scourgings, as well as bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They died by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. These are our Old Testament saints. Who was sawn in two? Does anybody know? Isaiah. And who sawed Isaiah in two? This vile king named Manasseh. He sawed Isaiah in two. So if things of this matter that we just discussed here, or we just saw through the scriptures, can happen to them, it could happen to us. So no, Jesus does not prevent your storm. And just like I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm going to keep saying it. Sometimes we pray and ask God to take away the storm. But God wants us to go through that storm. And he's going to promise us that we're going to get to the other side. Amen? Amen. So point number three, that's point number two. Point number three, Jesus modeled exercising faith during a storm. Let's read verse 38, going back to Mark. And in verse 38, it says in Mark chapter four, 
He was in the stern, talking about Jesus, sleeping on a cushion. So they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? Jesus sleeping on a cushion modeled what it means to walk in faith. You can rest in the arms of God when you're truly walking in faith. Amen. Jesus told his disciples, we are crossing over to the other side of the sea. It was a done deal. Jesus knew he was not going to die or drown. He knew the storm was not going to take him down. He didn't worry about the water coming into the boat. When a storm confronts us, we should say, Lord Jesus, I give you this storm. I give you this problem. Because I can't handle it, but you can. You have to exercise your faith if you want to get through the storm. You have to get your mind right sometimes. Stop saying you're not going to make it. You're going to make it. Get into God's word. Change the way you think. And when you change the way you think, you will change the way you act. You need to get your mind right. We need to get our mind right. Do what Jesus said. He said, take those bad thoughts into captive. You need to tell yourself, I'm not letting that fear get in my mind. I'm not going to let discouragement get in my mind. I'm not going to let lust or anger, or gossip in my mind. Because my mind belongs to Christ. Jesus knew this great windstorm, these waves were not going to kill him. If we read the second part of verse 38 again, it says, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? The storm exposed the faith of the disciples. The little faith that they had, their eyes were focused on the winds and the waves, but they were not focused on the person who was in the boat with them, the Savior. Right? They accused Jesus of not caring. He's sleeping. And sometimes we can get that in our mind that Jesus or God is sleeping during these tough times that we go through. One of the screaming disciples in the boat was Peter. Oh, Peter. And in, Acts, and in Acts chapter 12, we see that Peter and James got arrested. If you know the story in Acts chapter 12, and Herod the king killed James. And James is the first martyr, apostle, to die as a martyr. And look what happened to Peter. They threw Peter in jail, and they said, we're going to kill him later after we feast. And the Bible says the night before Herod was supposed to bring Peter out, what was Peter doing? Sleeping. Peter wasn't worried. He was chained to two guards, and he was sleeping like a baby. Now, if someone were, now, if someone were to kill you and told you these bad news, you're going to get killed tomorrow. How would you sleep the night before? Not very well, right? But Peter was sleeping like a baby. 
Where did he learn that? Where did he learn that? I just said he was in the, in the boat with, with Jesus. Where did Peter learn that? We will learn things in storms, my brothers and sisters, that you will never learn any other way. So we need to thank God for the mountains and the valleys that we go through each day. The song says, if I have, if I have never had a problem, I never know that God can solve them. I'd never know what faith in his word can do. That's an old song. In Acts 12:6, when Herod was about to bring him out for trial, listen to this. That very night, Peter, bound with two chains, was sleeping between two soldiers while the sentries in front of the door guarded the prison. And if you know, and if you read this part in Acts 12, in verse 7, it says, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared. And what happened to the chains? They fell off his wrist. Peter rested and modeled exercising faith through his storm. What about you? What about me? How do we react when we are in a storm? How do we react when, we're, when trials and tribulations come our way, when troubles, when hardship comes our way? How do we react? Are we screaming like the disciples who had no faith? Are we exercising faith? Are we resting in Him? Psalms 27.1 The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom should I dread? Psalms 118.6 The Lord is for me, the Lord, is for us. I will not be afraid. What can a mere mortal do to me? And I love what Isaiah says in 51, 12, and 13. I am the one who comforts you. Who are you that you should fear humans who die or a son of man who's given up like grass? But you have forgotten the Lord, your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. You are in constant dread all day long because of the fury of the oppressor who has set himself to destroy. But where is the fury of the oppressor? It's a game that the devil, that the enemy wants to play with us. He's lying to us and telling us that these bad things are going to happen to you. But God doesn't want us to fear, right, my brothers and sisters? God wants us to walk in faith. When we walk in faith, God will walk with us. We have to trust Him. We have to model exercising faith during the storm. Point number four. 
Jesus is able to calm any and every storm. Read with me verse 39 of Mark chapter 4. He got up. Who got up? Jesus got up. He rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Silence, be still. Some translations say, Peace, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He got up means that Jesus arose completely. He was ready for the challenge. No storm had a chance. He had no fear. He stood straight up. He rebuked the wind. He said, hush, my translation says, be still. The wind and the sea had no option. The creator had spoken and they hushed. The wind was gone. The creator had spoken and it became perfectly calm. When Jesus does something in your life, in my life, he does it perfectly. His disciples learned that Jesus is able to calm any and every storm. In Acts, in Acts chapter 27, Paul, the Apostle Paul, was a prisoner. And he was on a ship on his way to Rome. And when he was out there, a severe storm came, and there were many people on the boat. But it was so violent out in the sea that they were throwing their tackles over. They were throwing the cargo over, just trying to line up the load of the boat so they can survive. And the Bible says that everyone in that boat lost hope. And when we lose hope as believers, when we lose hope during this storm that we are going through, we're going down. We're going down. But God came to Paul in a vision at night, and everything changed. So turn with me to Acts chapter 27 real quick. Acts 27, we're going to read what happened to Paul in verses 18 to 25. Acts 27, 18 to 25. Because we were being severely battered by the storm, they began to jettison the cargo the next day. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. For many days, Neither sun, nor, neither sun nor stars appeared, and the severe storm kept raging. Finally, all hope was fading that we would be saved. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul then stood up among them and said, You men should have followed my advice to sail from Crete and sustain this damage and loss. Verse 22, Now I urge you to take courage because there will be no loss of any of your lives but only of the ship. For, the last, for last night an angel of, of the God I belong to and served stood by me and said, Don't be afraid, Paul. It is necessary for you to appear before Caesar. And indeed, God has graciously given you all those who are sailing with you. So take courage, men, because I believe God that it will be just the way it was told to me. 
The angel told Paul that he will appear before Caesar. Just like Jesus told disciples they're going to get to the other side. There's the promise, right? So Jesus is able to calm any storm that you might be going through, my brothers and sisters. Paul got to Rome. And what did Paul do? He witnessed in Rome. Paul didn't die at the sea. Jesus didn't die at the sea either. So who do you believe is bigger, your storm or God? God is bigger than your storm. Faith the size of a mustard seed is what moves mountain, mountains. How about exercising your faith? Can you face your Goliath like David did? 1 Samuel 17, 26. I love this part when, when, in, in 1 Samuel. It says, Just who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? When David went out to battle Goliath, he said, You come to me with a javelin and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. One little rock, my brother and sister, with God is bigger than any javelin, any spear in the world. Your faith, our faith, is bigger than any storm that you might face in this world. So where are the spiritually strong Christians, I say? Where are they today? Where are the men of God today? Paul calls them out in 1 Corinthians 16, 13. He says, be alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. The New American Standard says, be courageous and be strong. Don't be a coward. Excuse my, my French there. Run to battle. Pray bold prayers. Be a woman. Be a man of God in the midst of your storm. Don't run away from your storm. Stick with it. God is going to get you through them. Jesus can calm any and every storm. I'm going to say it again. Jesus can calm any and every storm that you might face. So what do I need to do? My last point. We must trust in him during the storm. Jesus expects you, he expects me to trust him in a storm. He is trustworthy. Let's read um, verse 40, going back to Mark. Verse 40 says, Then he said to them, Why are you afraid? Jesus speaking to the disciples. Do you still have no faith? Why did Jesus take them through this storm? God doesn't waste storms. God allows storms to come our way. If you're in a storm, God is trying to do something in your life that he couldn't do any other way. Like I said earlier, there are valuable lessons to learn when we are in a storm. So whatever it takes, I'm going through this storm, you need to say to yourself, I'm going to learn what God wants me to learn. I don't care what happens. Let it come. I'm not asking for it to come, but whatever comes, 
I know God can handle my storm. And He's going to teach me through this storm. And I'm going to learn something in this storm. So Lord, I really thank you for this storm. So the storm exposed their spiritual immaturity, exposed their fear, their sin of fear. And to fear anything beside God is idolatry. Because what you fear is actually what you worship. You revere it, is what the word means. When you fear your storm more than you fear God, when you reverence the storm more than you reverence the Lord Jesus Christ, you are saying to yourself, I have no faith. Look, look at 40, 41. And they were terrified and asked one another, Who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Jesus turned their fear, the disciples' fear, into a sacred fear. He expected them to trust him. And he expects us, he expects me to trust him in the storm. He doesn't want us to run like a coward when the storm shows up. You don't need to find a storm, they will come. Jesus said in 1633 of John, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And listen to this. You, me, everyone here are going to suffer in this world. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. But he says, be courageous. I have conquered the world. And don't you want someone on your side who has conquered the world? Don't you want Jesus by your side when we are going through these tough times? There's a saying out there that Christians are either going into a storm or they're in a storm or they're coming out of one. Jesus said it. We will suffer in this world. But be courageous. I, Jesus, have conquered the world. So God uses the storms. Again, your storm might be the storm of fear or discouragement. You might have an enemy at work that's bothering you every time, making fun of you, whatever it may be, or at school, an unhealthy marriage, kids always in trouble, your finances, you might, you might have health problems. Regardless of your storm, Jesus is your solution. And he expects us, he expects you to trust him in your storm. John 14, 27. And this verse here, you could use this verse as a prayer. Listen to what John 14, 27 says. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. How many here want peace? Raise your hand if you want peace. Especially when you're going through your storm, you want peace. So you can think right. You can act right during your storm. And look at the second part of the verse. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. Ask the Lord, Lord, please, don't let my heart be troubled or fearful. Help me to trust in you. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm going to fear you, Lord. Look at, listen to Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. 
When we disobey God's word, that is sin, replace that fear with faith and start trusting in the word of God. The promises of God, keep believing them. God never puts fear in us. He never puts anxiety in us. You might ask, how do you know that? Look at 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear. But one of power, love, and sound judgment. So when those bad thoughts come into your mind, that thought of fear comes into your mind. Listen to what Paul says. He gives us great advice in 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And here it is. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. I like the way the old King James, we are destroying speculations. We're destroying arguments. The what-ifs of life. The vain imagination. All that crazy stuff people are so worried about. People are worried about what's going to happen in America. What's going to happen in politics? What's going to happen to our economy, our stock market? How about this one? What's going to happen with the gas prices? I think I put gas three times a week now in my car. It's all over the news, my brothers and sisters. Everywhere we go, we have to make a decision I'm changing the channel. I'm not going to listen to this stuff. Those thoughts I need to take captive and destroy them with the word of God. So this morning, you can walk out of this church with a lot of, of bad thoughts dominating your mind. Or you can make the decision to walk out of this church without fear, without discouragement with good thoughts in your mind. Because Christ is in us. Christ is in you. So what did you say today, Brother John? I said five things, five points I had. Number one, Jesus promises to bring you through your storm. You need to believe that. Jesus is gonna, he promises to bring you through your storm. Number two, Jesus does not promise to prevent your storm. God is going to allow storms to come into your life. And we're going to learn valuable lessons when we're in that storm. Number three, Jesus modeled exercising faith during a storm. During our storm, we need to put faith in him and rest. Rest in him. Number four, Jesus is able to calm any and every storm. You need to believe that, my brothers and sisters. Jesus is able to calm any and every storm. And number five, Jesus expects you to trust him in a storm. Trust him in your storm. There's an old gospel song called No, Never Alone. And I believe we're going to sing that as our last song as we finish this morning. And just listen to the lyrics of this song. Like I said, we're going to sing it. 
I've seen the lightning flashing and heard the thunder roll. Who's ever heard of this song, first of all? No, Never Alone. No, Never Alone, right? Pretty popular. It's an old song. I'm sorry, Nick. I know <laughs> Luchi was singing it. Where's Luch? He was singing it like old, old, but you know, you can sing it in a modern way, I guess. But it says, I've seen the lightning flashing and heard the thunder roll. I felt sin's breakers dashing who tried to conquer my soul. I've heard the voice of my Savior. He bid me to fight on. He promised to never leave me, never leave me alone. And the refrain goes, or the chorus says, no, never alone, no, never alone. He promised to never leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never alone, no, never alone. He promised to never leave me, never to leave me alone. And then it says, he died on Calvary's mountain. For me, they pierced his side. For me, he opened the fountain, the crimson cleansing tide. For me, he's waiting in glory upon his heavenly throne. He promised to never leave me never to leave me alone. No, never alone, no, never alone. He promised to never leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never alone, no, never alone. He promised to never leave me, never to leave me alone. This morning, my brothers and sisters, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, he promises to never leave you alone, especially during your storm. Thank you for joining the Transform 365 podcast, a ministry dedicated to helping you grow in relationship to Christ. If you want to know more, find us at transform365.com or on our church website, www.swcc.org, located in Miami, Florida. Until next time, remember, the only work in grace is to let grace work in you. God bless.